to Aligned Mama Podcast. We're your hosts, Samantha Kapsick and Nikki Trout. And we're partnering up because we know motherhood is hard. Like really, really hard. (laughs) Really hard. (laughs) Get ready to equip yourself with practical tips and strategies to tackle daily trials, along with insights from expert guest speakers and relatable stories from other moms just like you. Join us weekly for advice, inspiring stories, and a supportive community of moms navigating the joys and challenges of motherhood together. Welcome back, mamas. Today we are resuming part two of the conversation with Lisa Raftery. We're just going to dive right back into where we left off. Another hot topic, social media allowance. And when is it age appropriate? So what are your thoughts on that? Well, this is a hot topic because it has really big consequences. So it's very easy to get a little overwhelmed as a parent. Social media is just a beast. And so sometimes it's actually easier to avoid it. And that tends to be my Emma. I tend to be like, why do our kids even need social media? Like I say, we just be different and we don't have it. And my husband had a different perspective. So um, when our kids started wanting to have social media, I was sort of like, nah, I don't, I don't, it's a lot to manage and I'd rather not. So let's say no. And my husband was more like, okay, hang on. Let's just think this through because if we don't allow them to do anything, Now, he's not saying they can do anything and everything. He said, but if we don't even give them one taste of something, he said, how am I going to coach them? Uh, Are we going to wait till they're 18 and then they do whatever they want because they're going to pay for their own phone or whatever? And now, now they are really on their own. They won't have any coaching. They won't have been trained in anything. He said, I think it's better to have a strategy with it and then to help train your kids on how to use it properly. So um, I think some platforms are more dangerous than others. I think there are, there's some social media that honestly, um, like for example, we have as a, as a family don't do TikTok. We feel like the, the algorithms and something about um, the way that it's actually designed, we feel is neurologically not great. And it's also super waste of time. Uh, just for our family, we're like, okay, we're not going to do TikTok. So that one's off the docket. Um, and then we allowed different kids to do different things depending on why they needed it. So, um, it's hard because sometimes even the activities they're a part of, they, they use a platform to communicate. And I'm not talking just about kids. I've had them say, well, mom, if I don't have Snapchat, how am I, you know, all my friends. And I'm like, well, you'll know who your real friends are. Cause they're going to text you. <laughs> so that's, what's going to happen. And sure enough, they do. Um, so you'll have to look at the risks involved in each platform and what you want to allow. So we started and let them do Marco Polo because it was like, I send a video and then we just said, okay, show us who your friends are. And so that was a way for us to train them and work with them. Um, and, um, interestingly by having it, but having it limited, um, I've had different teens at different times. We're allowed to have one thing. My one daughter with being a professional um, musician. And so she used her, that platform for gigging. She did have Instagram. Now there's some crazy stuff on Instagram. So just talking about like, Hey, your for you page is probably not for you. So 
there's going to be crazy stuff coming over there. Do you have the maturity not to click on stuff? Like, so it's all a conversation. I think the best thing you do with your kids is you talk to them about real dynamics um, because we're not arbitrary. So we're not just killjoys that don't want them to do what all their friends are doing, but also you need to know that there are certain risks and things like that. But she's the one who came to us one day and said, you know what? I'm noticing I spend way too much time on Instagram. So I'm going to delete it during the week when I have school, she had college and she was professional king and she had practicing to do. She practices hours a day in with her guitar. And she said, I'm going to delete it during the week. And then on the weekend for fun, I'll put it back on so I can post some content and um, connect with some people and whatever. And so I thought that was really mature that she came up with that solution. So um, I would say delay it as long as possible simply because it's a time waster and it's um, there's more ways it goes wrong than goes right. I'm not a fan. I'm not very good with keeping up with mine simply because we have so many projects and things that we're managing that oftentimes um, I just don't get to it, but I do think that it has its value. I mean, you're probably connecting with amazing people right. via platforms and right. it's, it can be a great community I and mean, there can be great things about it. So I wouldn't, say to write it off completely, but just be super mindful. And there's a lot of parent tools to help you um, know if they're where they should be or know what they're on. And I would use those like research things that really help and use them. And, you know, you're not their friend. You're actually the gatekeeper of the house. <laughs> so you're a, what you allow in the house or not is really on you. And honestly, I, I totally got it. It's way easier to just blind eye and go, they'll be fine. I can't keep up. It'll be okay. But yeah. you don't want to do that and then have something happen. That's not okay. And it's work and it's annoying, but it's the, the life we live in. Uh, it's the world we live in. And so, you know, find those resources, use them and be that kind of parent that's like, Hey, I love you enough. I'm going to look. So, um, you know, we look through their phones sometimes and, you know, once they're 18, I don't do that because they're adults now. And, but if you do it when they're younger, they're actually set up to win by the time they hit 18. Good. Good. I, um, let's jump to discipline and then I want to jump to purity. Well, um, you know, the reason that we discipline our kids is because we love them. It would be way easier to just kind of just limp your way through these years and not bother. Like that would be easier on us. So it's actually as parents, it's us just taking our responsibility seriously that our kids need discipline. Um, they need, they need boundaries. They need expectations. They need, um, I remember one parenting book was talking about guardrails and how, how much safer do you feel on a windy mountain road? If you have guardwood, like if, if it's a sheer drop, you're going to drive really slow without guardrails. But once you have guardrails, you know, the boundaries, you feel hemmed in in a good way, you can actually drive quite quickly and you can zoom up that mountain because you feel safe and secure. And that's what our boundaries as parents provide our kids. They actually help our kids thrive. So we're not putting boundaries around our kids because we don't love them. It's because we want them to zoom up that mountain and we want them to enter adulthood as responsible adults that are prepared for the, those years. Like they're ready to step into being adults. And so when I think of discipline, I think first you have to start with proper boundaries where you just explain how life works. And, and, you know, when they're little, you know, the boundaries are pretty tight because we don't want to running in the street. 
you know, we're, we're, we're pretty careful. And then as they grow and mature, we're happy as parents to expound the boundary, uh, boundaries. And I think it's, we've told our kids since they were little, like, guys, it's good for us for you to get more freedom. We want you to have more freedom, but we will only give you as much freedom as we believe you can responsibly handle in your stage of life and level of maturity. And so I think one thing that's really good for parents, if we can think to do this as early as possible, is is really putting um, the development on them. So, you know, as, as soon as you can handle it, I'm happy to give it to you. And so instead of it us being like, I won't let you do this till you're this age, or I'm, you know, really a stern disciplinarian parent. It's more like, oh, I love you. So I want to make sure you don't run the street. I want to make sure that you um, have safety in your life. But as soon as you're able to handle freedom, I'm happy to give it. And then also having that understanding that sometimes we give a freedom a little sooner than they really were ready. We just didn't realize. And then, so when they make mistakes, are we like, I can't believe you did that. That was so immature. Like, you know, discipline sounds like, you know, like, like shaming and like boo for you, you know, you immature child that actually needs me. No, it's more like, Oh, okay. Well, that was the choice you made. So you made this choice and doesn't affect my love for you. And I think that's the biggest thing kids have to know is I love you. I love you because you're mine. Like, I, you're my child. You know, God gave you to me and you are precious to me. And that's why I love you. Not because you always obey, not because you, I might even not like your behavior sometimes in this situation, but I still love you. And I'm here as your parent to help you. So there's not this negative, sh- like if they make a mistake, you're like, oh, okay, well, you don't take it personally, you know, like, you know, why'd you do that to me? No, they're just kids. And so more like, okay, well, you know what, that that doesn't change my love for you. I still love you just as much as ever. And I believe in you. I just see you don't have the maturity to handle this freedom. So we're going to bring it back in. And in time, you can show me that when, when you show me you are ready, we'll expand it back out. So um, I think when you say like, do you believe in discipline and are you strict and strong? It's like, well, you're strong in, in that you're there to mentor them. Like that's how they need to know you're strong, but you're always loving. You discipline because you love and you're there for them to help them navigate life. And when they make mistakes, I'd rather have you come tell me you made a mistake and then we'll deal with it. We'll, we'll look at life and we'll say, okay, what do we have to do? And you know, being that safe space for your kids where they know they can actually come to you when they fail, because if they don't like come to you when they fail, where do you want them to go? You know, do you want them to go to a peer that hasn't lived any longer than they have, or maybe another adult who may or may not give them good advice? So no, absolutely. We want them to come to us. And if they know that we love them, that doesn't mean there might not be, you know, changing a freedoms and consequences. And so you might have to pay for something or do, but at least they know you're, you're there for them and you're not going to be angry with them for, you know, the inner stuff, right? Like you, the essence of who they are, you love them, even if you're not pleased with the behavior and then you guys will figure it out. You'll work it out together. All right. Can we touch on purity? Um, I know this is one of those things for me. Um, I always feel like the odd one out. So I have like my my inner network, my inner circle that parents like me thinks like me. And then this bigger, broader outer circle that I just feel like the odd one, like, Oh, I just met um, somebody um, at a uh, Cardinals game this past summer. And he was telling me, and I didn't know him from Adam. He's telling me about 
his daughter and how, you know, she, mom got her on birth control pill. Cause now she's dating all these things. And I'm sitting there like trying to be like nonchalant in the comment. Yeah. You know, that happens and all these things. And I'm just sitting there like, Oh my gosh, seriously. Um, so with that said, I've always said it ever since my boys were little, I know people think of boys differently than girls, and maybe they're more guarded and protective for their girls. But I've always said, I am going to, why would I not even try to keep my boys pure? But it seems, um, people don't anymore, especially with little boys. So, um, I've always told the boys they're not allowed to date until 16 or 18 or depending on them and the girl, like, like what you said, I like the way you said that even better when you're ready, you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, but just letting them know that's a little bit far off in the distance. It doesn't have to be right now when you're in middle school. Um, so what are your thoughts on purity, keeping the kids pure? And also I just wanted to point out too, because I told my middle child that he wasn't allowed to date. He shared that with the girl that they were trying to pretend date who shared that with her mom and her mom's like, I didn't know. I've never known of anyone who's done that. That is a great idea. And now she does it. So I do think it's, it's good to it. Sometimes you feel like the lone duck or the lone wolf. And like, you seem just like the really strict prudy mom, but you never know. So just, I, I guess it's okay to share those things. Sometimes I was surprised that like came back in that way to us like, wow, good job. Okay. And then hopefully she tells some people and hopefully other people in the community will start parenting their kids this way. So all that to say, you know, what are your thoughts on uh, raising kids to be pure, whether they're boys or uh, girls? Well, I think, you know, the culture, it used to be culture kind of supported some of the, to us, like reasonable morality, (laughs) but you know, now it's very countercultural. So what I found is in general, our culture has very low expectations for our young people. So they say things like, um, you know, I can't believe we're sending children to war at 18, you know, so they're almost looking like at an 18 year old is really an adult, but they're looking at them like, oh, they're so they're children still. So they have these very low expectations about what they can handle, what they can do. Um, young marriage, you know, people a lot of times freak out if someone gets married at 19, they're like, oh, they're just children. But then they take these children and they say, but you know, they will probably be having sex at 14. You're <laughs> like, wait, which is it like children aren't supposed to be having sex. So are they children or are they young people? You know, so um, I just think our culture is very confused and a little inverted. So they're protecting them about things to not step into adulthood. Like a lot of people are like, yeah, I wasn't a real adult until I had my first kid at 29. And you're like, what? That That's not healthy. That's not good, but culture sort of protecting the things that where they need to step up and learn to be responsible. And when they're 18, they, they should be able to manage their life well at that level, stage of life. Like they're now stepping into adulthood, but then you've got people who are sexually active, super young, and they're stepping into things that really they're not actually prepared to handle at that age. So, so I guess what I would say to parents is I wouldn't worry about what the culture's doing you have to do what's best for your, your kid, you know, what's best for your young person, um, and young adult. So when it comes to purity, I think, you know, the best, um, thing to be teaching your kids as they're growing up is that you're always going to coach them to what's actually best for their life. So you're not a killjoy. Actually, we have a lot of fun in our family, right? We have fun. We, we do this. We, I want you to have as much fun as possible in life because life is a lot of work. And life can be hard. And so we do want to have tons of joy and fun and, 
not make the the little things in life stressful, um, but to tackle real responsibilities as they come. So showing your kid that the reason that I'm saying to wait for sex for marriage, for example, which has been the standard in our home on what we are, are wanting to see, um, isn't just arbitrary. There's no like parent of parent award that I get put on some, you know, like, oh, yay for her. Her kids did this. <laughs> like the only reason I'm wanting this for you is because I really think it's best for your life. It's going to allow you to focus on yourself in these years, to develop who you are, figure out what your gifts and your talents are without having a sexual relationship and then potentially a pregnancy and and, and getting on with the, the mature responsibilities of life before you're ready for those. And so it's it also like there's a lot to a sexual relationship that's emotional, like they're just not ready at 15 to carry that. Um, so so I'm actually asking this of you because you're worth it. And letting them know that I, I'm not asking something of you um, to be a killjoy. It's actually going to benefit your life. And I have to say, I've been really pleased with, um, or, or just like, it really warmed my heart. I've had a couple conversations with uh, my oldest daughter, who's like, wow, I am so glad I've waited for these reasons. And so like her coming to um, the conclusion that her choices have been her choices and they've actually benefited her life. And she's happy with those choices that she's made for herself. And that's really the goal of all of this, right, parents? We want to instill good things in our kids, help them have a good, healthy understanding of dynamics so that honestly, they want them for themselves. Because you don't want to be that parent who's trying to follow your kids around 24-7 to make sure they're doing everything right. You can't. It's not healthy. They don't feel loved or respected if you can't trust them at all times. And and at the end of the day, if you have adult kids and they want to have sex, they will find a way. Like that, that, that is not your job to be like super police person to make your expectations happen for them. Um, you do it through prayer and through helping them want things for themselves. And they're more apt to make good choices when they understand why. And I was a part um, for a season with... Um, it's called Positive Approach to Teen Health. So I was the parent liaison for PATH and made quite a few videos on that. And PATH actually does bring abstinence education into public schools, kind of showing up that there's like, there's more to you than just your physical self. There's your emotional self, your, um, your mental self. There's, you know, a lot of pieces to you. And when you're physically active, and you're sexually active, you're affecting every part of you, not just one thing. And so um, it is actually being brought to the public schools and it is actually being brought by a lot of parents, but a lot of people just have no confidence in young people. <laughs> They're just like, they can't make it. They won't make it. So we need to start handing condoms out immediately. And like, I you think know, that- you know They're going to do it. That's what you always Yeah, think. They're going to do it. So at least, but but it's like, okay, Um. And I guess also encouraging parents, like maybe they do. Um, you know, your kids aren't going to make all the right choices. My kids, I have four amazing, wonderful kids. They've all made the right choices in every scenario of their lives because they're young and they're learning and they're growing. But at the end of the day, um, the truth does reign supreme. So at the end of the day, it's like, oh, well, my parents actually knew what they were talking about. I'm in this situation and now I'm going to navigate the situation. So um, purity is beautiful. And I think if you can, obviously you can start at any time. If you have a 16 year old who's been sexually active, a lot of times a girl will write herself off. She'll say, well, 
I didn't make it. I wasn't one of those virgin girls, you know, and it's like, oh, wait, but life doesn't work like that. Like, it's not a competition or a, uh, did I make it or not make it with drinking? Did I make it or not make it with drugs? Did I make it or not make it with sex? Like, it's more like, okay, where are you at today? And where do you want to go? What kind of life do you want to live? And then what good choices do I need to make to get there? And so if you have a daughter who's been sexually active at 16, um, she can come to the realization like, hey, I'm actually worth waiting for. And I actually think to get to my goals, it's worth me waiting. And I'm going to choose to wait now. And I can choose now. So a lot of times people write themselves off like, well, in the next relationship, I'll have sex as well because I've already done that. Well, you don't have to. That is absolutely your choice. And as parents, the best thing we can do is constantly be bringing it back to our, our teens that you have a choice. You have choices. You have choices to listen, um, you know, what you put, how you think about things, how you're setting your mentality. You have choices with where you go and what you do. And you can always start over today. Like today, um, I don't know if anyone's ever watched those cute little Anne of Avonlea movies, Anne of Green Gables back in the day, yes. but, um. Uh, her one teacher says to her, tomorrow is fresh and new with no mistakes in it, right? So just letting our kids know like, hey, you might make a mistake. And honestly, sometimes our kids get blindsided. They may have not anticipated drinking and they're at a party and they get blindsided and they feel a lot of peer pressure and they make the wrong choice. Like there are things that happen or same scenario, like they weren't thinking and they ended up getting inebriated and then maybe they had sex and they didn't plan to do that. That wasn't where they were, their head was at. Um, but what are you going to do now? So just letting them know that in life, we do make mistakes, but it's way better to just say, okay, like, er, stop. Let me think this through. And how do I want to move forward in a healthy way? So I think we should absolutely put the expectation of purity in front of our kids, but not like, I expect you to be pure and you better be pure. And, um, and even as Christians, like God does want us to be pure. But showing them that he's not doing it as a mean heavenly father, he's doing it because he knows what's best for us. And so um, recognizing if you don't have high expectations for your kids, they actually don't feel as loved and respected. When you say, I actually know you can make it. I know that you can make good choices. And so I, I do believe that that's the best path to your happiness, to having a fulfilled life is waiting for that marriage relationship. Um, a lot of um, people who've had promiscuous past have some stuff to work through in marriage because of some of their experiences and some of the baggage they're bringing. So it's actually good for you to wait. Like it's not, um, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And then when you make it, but also making sex a beautiful thing and not, and this is, I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but as parents, a lot of times it's easy to be like, sex is bad and sex is bad, bad, bad. And what I've seen working with wives is some of them can't flip that switch on the other side of marriage. And so they still kind of feel bad about it when it's supposed to be beautiful. I mean, yes, sex is, is amazing just in its proper context where the dynamics are actually going to be more life-giving instead of draining. And so teaching your kids that sex is, is wonderful, but in its context. And so that context for our family and our faith is um, in, in a loving, committed uh, marriage relationship. And so I think for boys too, like it's still the same dynamics. If you're giving yourself away to this person and that person, there's a lot of hurt involved in that. There's rejection involved in that. You become one with that person. And so that's the same, whether you're a boy or a girl, 
um, the reasons to remain pure. Um, but also, you know, sometimes the word purity, I think, is a bit of a um, interesting term for people who make mistakes and then they don't feel pure. So as we're working with um, our young people, you know, the term purity, just reminding them that if you've made mistakes, you can start again and you can still have beautiful days ahead. Um, you can be pure from now on. So you aren't disqualified and you're beautiful and it's precious what you're going to save and have with your spouse later. That's good. And I think reminding them too, that if they made that mistake, that God can use it for their good. So like, okay, yeah, you made a mistake, you sinned, but how are you going to let that, how are you going to use your testimony to glorify God and to tell your peers or, you know, use that um, for his kingdom purpose? Absolutely. So that was like a super deep topic. So let's to end this and wrap it up. Let's just uh, jump into something I know that every mother struggles with is chores. What is your take guidelines? Um, yeah, just dive into what do you have your teens do as responsibilities? Well, I think um, you can even start doing this when your kids are little, like give them certain things to do to be a contributor. So that's what I'm always trying to get across to my family um, or the kids, right? Like, Hey, we do chores because we contribute, you know, uh, we're here to work together because we all are busy. We all have either jobs or we're at school or whatever. So we all kind of pitch in. So when it comes to general chores, um, really, especially my high schoolers, um, or I have an adult living house as well, but just kind of keep, first of all, keep your space. So your space matters and it matters that you keep your own space. Like I should not have to come in and make my teenager's bed. So I'm making sure I'm making my own bed. So I don't need to do that. Like that's your responsibility because you are coming um, into adulthood. And so you're going to have to do this someday in your own home. Um, while you live here, I'd like you to do it here. And like they have to keep their bathroom and their own spaces, whatever your own spaces are. And when you're in the kitchen, you know, if you use something, just quickly rinse it pop it in the dishwasher. Now, when it comes to meals, like a lot of times we cook together or maybe one person will make the meal. So sometimes um, we'll say, oh, she actually cooked everything. You get a pass. Like you don't have to clean up. But um, ultimately at the end of meals, if we all work for 10 minutes, we all get a life. So just saying, hey, this is what we do. So everybody, sometimes um, we honestly put on really loud music and we usually have a dance party. <laughs> As part of it. I honestly I'm... think that is the key for anyone out there. Try music that the kid likes. That's appropriate. It literally is a game changer for my middle child. It is in every single day he gets off the bus. Well, yeah, he gets off the bus, comes in the house, turns on music or a podcast the other day for some reason, but it is a game changer. And even for myself, I get so much more happier and in such a better mood while I'm cleaning. If I have music on. It makes it just feel a little, a little better. And then um, we've always used timers. That might sound ridiculous. And it's just the teacher in me. Samantha I does that too. <laughs> I love timers. Like, hey, guys, can we give 10 minutes to like be back into some realm of not chaos in this kitchen? So I'm going to set it for, let's see what we can get done in 10 minutes. And usually with all of us working, it's totally done. And then at the 10 minute mark, 
Um, they're usually gracious and give me another couple minutes. Um, or maybe at that point it's so manageable. I'm like, okay, go do your homework, go work on your projects, go do what you got to do. And I don't mind an extra five minutes of my own, but it's really good for them to see that they're needed in the family. And I have to laugh that many times my girls have said to me like, mom, it's hilarious. Some of my friends, they don't do any chores. They don't know how to do anything. And they actually said, thanks that I actually know how to do everything. They know how to do their laundry. They know how to iron. They know how to cook um, at some level. I mean, maybe not amazing, but they can follow a recipe. Uh, some of them love to cook. Some of them will just take their turn. Um, but they honestly, I'm just prepping them. So by the time they turn 18, and the two that I have already turned 18, that they can survive in the adult world and they can take care of themselves in a responsible way. So I say just make them fun. Um, now, throughout the years, sometimes we've said, okay, you're the vacuumer, so you just vacuum the upstairs, like added some major chores. Um, uh, maybe they clean their bathroom, so they're going to clean their one shower or something like that. But um, I make it manageable with what they have, What what is in their world, what is something that I can reasonably respect out of them, but it actually feels good to contribute. It's good to be a contributing member of the family. And so we do require that and they don't get paid for it. It's just part of um, loving each other and not leaving. I'm not like the servant of the house that's going to be completely burned out because I'm doing everybody's job. But sometimes if someone has a midterm or something special, we'll like shift things around and we're like, okay, go do what you got to do. We'll cover those bases. But Overall, we're all pulling together and as quickly as possible. Can I uh, just jump in there and just throw one more thing at you? So just talking about not being the servant to the household, um, many moms, myself included, can get overwhelmed constantly or honestly live years long in a state of overwhelm. Do you have any advice looking back? I know you still have a few in the house, but any advice for an overwhelmed mama? A game changer for me, because I had... Four. So when we had our fourth child, Sean was six and a half. So I had four, six and under basically. And, um, I know what it's like. You got little kids. It's like a bomb blast. There's just stuff everywhere. It's hard to keep up. And I really was not prideful to ask for help. And I think that's a really big thing for mamas. And a lot of times my mom would come over and I'd be like, mom, can you just catch me up today? And so she, or she would offer, she'd be like, do you need any help? But she was always so sweet. Like she's picking up. She's like, oh, you're doing a great job, honey. No, this is normal. This isn't, you know, like, okay. But maybe uh, just having somebody come, whether it's trading off with another mom. Uh, maybe you don't have a mom. Maybe your mom works or your mom's not available. Or your, Samantha, just- today, um, Lisa, Samantha organized how many girls at my house. I came home and I noticed cars in my driveway and my whole house, like overhauled right? my entire house. And I'm not mad about it. I'm so happy about it. (laughs) Like, thank you, Jesus. So um, maybe having um, a network of moms where you're like, hey, can we rotate like um, once a month? One of us get a reset. Yeah, community matters. But it does. It does. And sometimes maybe like, who's the most overwhelmed? We're going to help you. And honestly, like a good laundry basket where you're just like putting it in one spot and, um, trying to just keep up. But, um, my mom did that for me. So did my mother-in-law. She was amazing. And so sometimes when they'd notice I'm getting a little overwhelmed, they'd come over and watch the kids and then I could do laundry. So they didn't have to necessarily do my work. They could just take care of a different responsibility. So I could do my work. And I remember one absolute game changer was my mother-in-law very kindly came and it was only one night, but it was like at 
five weeks in when I was so exhausted with a newborn and she came all night and she did the, the, um, she would bring the baby to me. I was nursing. So I had to feed the baby, but she would bring the baby. I would nurse the baby and then back. And I got more sleep. Just that one night was the total game changer reset. And I have always been so grateful that she was willing to do that. So, um, ask for help. It's okay. Um, this, this fallacy that we have to be super mom and that we have all the energy in the world and our house is perfectly clean at all times. I actually am a a really true believer in a peaceful home is an organized home. I, I actually think that's the truth. The more that there's chaos, the more I am not at peace. Well, um, but also out of order too. So I got yes. in order, but also not being condemned about it. Like yes. there are times I look around my house and I'm like, how did I get here? It is so, but a lot of times I'm truly only 30 minutes from decent living. Like if I can just have 30 minutes of everybody concentrated effort, we're back on track and it's great. So things happen and you get behind, but just be a good communicator and then come up with strategy. Maybe, um, maybe there's something you can do. I know in seasons where I was bringing in some income, um, from doing things either at home or what, however I was working or helping with our businesses where I've asked my husband, like, Dave, if I'm going to take this on, I'm all about it, but there's no way I'm going to be able to clean the house. And so he's brought in someone to clean for me. And that would, yes, I didn't make as much money, but I also didn't go crazy. So that's a win. And, um, you know, really looking at your budget and saying, would this be worth it? Even I remember there were times where she would come every other week and just do the bathrooms. I mean, I've had different seasons where I'm like, if you could just come in and do those two bathrooms and mop, what would it be? And so whatever, I would just negotiate my very lowest budget point and what can I get for it? But it helped and it made a big difference. And I felt good about my home. And I wasn't stressed out. And there's even laundry services now. Like my neighbor does it and she will go in and um, you show her where everything goes and, you know, just like a house cleaner, but they're, they do your laundry and they put it all away. So. Did you notice in Proverbs 31, everyone uses Proverbs 31 as, you know, the, the biblical example of an amazing wife, but it actually says in the morning, like she lays out the work for her different servants to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, so she actually had help. She was not, she's running businesses. She's buying fields. Like, so she's like in realty, she's got a lot going on and her, but her husband's rising up and, and grateful for her and, and praising her and her kids are too. And, um, recently I had to shift on some of my out of the home responsibilities Um, because my kids were starting to be like, mom, you're kind of on your computer at night. Like you're kind of like. I didn't even, you were finishing this project and I had something happen in my life and I didn't get to process it with you because you're kind of off grid when these crazy projects come up. And I realized like, wow, I've been so careful to protect that and not have that happen. And I was starting to just the pressure of having to make a deadline, um, having that. And so I had to, you know, make a decision and and pull out of something that I, I love, but I love my family more. And so I actually, um, no longer been involved in that, even though I've love it. I just love my family more. And so, um, just learning what those balances are for the things that, that matter most and what can you really handle and still have peace? Super important because your family really, if, if you say, I'm thinking about cutting my hours and your kids like break into spontaneous, like shouting and applause, you know, that's just listen to your kids. A lot of times just listening to their conversations, you'll know whether you're, um, out of balance or whether there needs to be a change for your own self. 
such good tips. I feel like I could just pick your brain all day long. I know. You're amazing. Thank you. I told you. (laughs) You guys are so sweet. It's really a privilege to be here and sharing. And, you know, my husband and I, we aren't like professional counselors or whatever. We've just been in um, ministry and life a long time with even our businesses and just talked to a lot of parents and we've done a lot of living. So we just share things that work for us and, um, you know, ideas that we have, but I hope they've been helpful today. Well, that's so good. I have two things. One, I just want to, um, mention your Instagram. It is your middle life. Um, and so you can find Eric and Lisa on Instagram. So go check them out, follow them. Um, and then we want to know what are you having for dinner tonight? I have no idea. <laughs> Yay. I feel normal again. <laughs> I have no idea. Honestly, we have church tonight and my husband's, um, he has to go lead. And so they're leaving early. So as soon as they get off this, I'm going to go figure it out in a hurry. But, um, and on that, um, your middle life, cause everyone's in the middle of things. Um, you can also see our novel series for young women. So we did, um, I actually wrote it with my mom and it's just a novel series If you have a daughter that you want to be able to have better communication with, it's just an easy way to talk through some novels and give you a platform to kind of locate her, see how she's doing and see where she might need some more um, encouragement. It has a devotion with it as well. But if you just go to that other. uh, Yeah, we we will be sharing. um, We will be sharing your um, Instagram page as well as that on the community page. Do you want to expand just like real quick about your middle life? What is that um, in regard to? Okay. So basically everyone's in the middle of something. So you're either in the middle of marriage or the middle of parenting. Maybe you're in the middle of parenting little kids, or maybe the middle of parenting teens, middle of starting a business, running a business, your job, whatever, whatever. So we just found, we were finding a lot of people asking us to spend time. um, Can you have dinner? Can we have coffee? And we were just finding, we were repeating a lot of the same conversations with really precious um, husbands, wives, and parents that just needed support. Like you've created a community. So, um, we started your middle life and it's very fresh and new. So check it out, but we're going to start putting our reels on there and just giving little, um, little like marriage hacks and parenting hacks. And we have, um, an actual two hour course of communicating with teens in ways that actually work. So, um, <laughs> okay, yeah. we're there. So that, that, uh, that's actually um, in development and it should be out soon and we'll have that available. So we're just trying to help um, people in the middle of all their stuff, uh, just get some encouragement and some really good resources. So, so good. All right, Samantha, what are you having for dinner? I don't know because I'm about to go make Nikki dinner for her birthday. She doesn't even know what she's having. Uh, So that's why we cleaned her house. And Nikki tonight, though, is having salad and chicken tortellini and garlic cheese bread. Doesn't sound too bad, does it? Thank you. It's coming up on the 29th. How sweet, though. This is what it's all about, though. I'm like, I've been on the other side of Sadie's situation. I will take a blessing because I love to bless and it is so good to be blessed. So well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, the idea was to have a clean house and then dinner, you know, and to relax and spend time with your family, but then everything went, <laughs> work went long and <laughs> life. That's okay. It's the intention, <laughs> the heart. So. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. We will be posting, um, what we said on the community page where you actually want a chapter two with you. So stay <laughs> tuned. <laughs> We're not going to let you off the hook that long. So Yay. well, thanks for having me. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. 
See See you next next time, mamas. Thanks for listening to another Align Mama podcast. We hope you found value in today's topic. For more mama resources, go to alignedmamas.com, follow us on social, and join our Aligned Mamas community Facebook group to connect with other moms just like you. We'd like to hear from you. Have a podcast topic? Want to get in touch with us? Want to share your story as a guest? Email us at alignedmamas at gmail.com. See you next time. I can see through my feelings now. I can see clear through my mind. And the secrets to shut my eyes.